a great intro. What does love have to do with it? Well, according to the great theologian, Tina Turner, she says it's just a sweet old-fashioned notion and a second-hand emotion. So... (laughs) Perhaps as we explore God's word a little closer, we will find that love has a little bit more depth to that. And that Tina is not quite the theologian that we may make her out to be at times. So as we dive into the word today, as we look at those various elements of love and what love truly is at the very essence We're going to begin in 1 Corinthians 13. You can turn to that on page 934 in your pew Bible or follow along on the screen. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you and we praise you and we thank you. God, we thank you that your word is filled with the truth about what love is. And Lord, as we read a very familiar passage today to many, that God, I pray that you will give us fresh eyes and ears to see and to hear, and that you will open our hearts and minds to the very essence of your being, that you are love. So Father, come and just speak to us. Anoint the words that are spoken and the words that are heard. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So beginning in verse 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. That means that you're not selfish. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Over the last few weeks, we have been on a journey of exploring spiritual gifts. Last week we looked at just the real beauty of the interconnectedness of our gifts and how that creates the body. And it's such a beautiful picture when we think about each person being gifted in some way and how that creates a body. And so today we look even further into what God is calling us to be as a body And that extra beauty, I would call it, is we are called to love. Now, we know no matter what the gift that we might have, we are called to love. Sometimes people will joke with me at times because I'm typically with the people. Um, They say, well, you have to love. 
and I've got the gift of prophecy, so I just kind of get to go in, speak truth, and out of there. And the reality is, and as the scripture shows us, it doesn't matter what the gift is, that it has to be in love. And so we've got to continually remind ourselves, well, what, what, what does love have to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. Now, there might be times when you have encountered someone who is serving out of their giftedness. And you think, whoa, if that's what love is, I don't want any part of that. If that's what a Christian is, I don't want any part of that. But they do it, you know, in the name of Jesus. Now, if I'm completely honest, and perhaps if you all are honest, there may be days where you too could say, oh, I'm not loving very well myself. That we may be tired or burned out or just selfish and we just don't want to serve in that way. So the real key then is how do we go about truly loving and being able to, to be Christ to those that know Christ or don't know Christ? So we're not going to spend time dissecting what love is from uh, Corinthians 13. We know probably what it means to be patient. We probably know what it means to be kind. We pretty much know what irritation looks like and what selfishness looks like. I don't have to describe those things because those are all pretty familiar elements of unlove that we all are familiar with. But what I really want us to look at is to say, okay, what aspect of love do we really need God for? Um, That it's not something that we can try on our own. We can't try to be more patient or we can't try to be more kind. But where is God at work in us so that we can truly love? And so I'm going to go to perhaps well, a well-known theologian, and that is C.S. Lewis. And Lewis writes, To love at all is to be vulnerable. To love at all is to be vulnerable. So I thought, huh, that feels a little eh. Then I go about looking up the word vulnerable. means capable or being susceptible to being wounded. Everybody want to run in line now to, to truly be vulnerable? But that's what God calls us to do. For us to truly love is to mean that we are willing to be vulnerable. We're willing to be wounded at times. Now, some of you may be going, oh, no. They let Schneider up here once a year, that counselor. And talking to us about vulnerability and how do we get authentic relationships. And, but the reality is, is that we have a hard time with that vulnerability because we all have been hurt. If we think about opening ourselves up and, and being vulnerable, we think, oh, no, people will take advantage of that. I'm going to keep people at just a safe distance. I'll be nice to them. I'll be kind. Some days I'll be patient. 
But don't be telling me that, that I need to really be vulnerable to the point where I may be susceptible to being wounded. Really? And yet we know that's exactly what Christ did for us. So Lewis goes on, and I think this is great. He cautions that the only way of being sure we will not be hurt or wounded is to give our heart to no one and never to be vulnerable. If we do this, then we lock our heart up in a tomb of selfishness where it will eventually become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. A tomb of selfishness. I don't know about you, but as a believer of Christ, I don't want my heart to be a tomb of selfishness. He encourages us to look to Jesus and to draw near to God. Not to be be trying to avoid the sufferings inherent with all loves. But by accepting them and offering them to God, throwing away all defensive armor. So in in that quote from Lewis, he's already saying... In all loves, in any relationship, any place we step into, that there is certainly that potential for suffering. And so, you're kind of like, oh good, this is an uplifting message, isn't it? But I like what Lewis says. He says, we've got to draw near to God. Now, that's probably not a newsflash to anyone that's a follower of Jesus. We have been taught, study God's word, spend time with him, worship him, pray. And we know all those things. But it's that place where we are so intimate with God. In John 15, we are reminded to stay close to God when Jesus says, He is the vine and we are the branches. Whoever remains in him will bear much fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And isn't that what 1 Corinthians was telling us as well? That without love, without Christ, we can do nothing. And so as we think about staying close to the one who is the vine, the one in which gives us nourishment. How do we go about staying close to him? Are you willing to open up your heart to him? Now, some may say, well, I pray all the time. That's great. I even pray all those things you send out on the prayer email chain. Great. Keep it up. But this is a different kind of drawing close to God. This is a place where we renew our love on a regular basis with him, where we come to him in that quiet place, in that sacred place, and we ask him and we say to him, Lord, I love you, and I trust you that you love me. And ask him to whisper those truths to you. Ask him to meet you there in that place and to remind you of his love. Ask him, what is it that you want me to know today? To realize that our God is an intimate God 
that he desires for us to come to him and to be able to experience that deep, deep love. But we can only do that when we truly go seeking after him. He's waiting for us. But to be able to truly spend that time in the quiet with him and to regularly renew that time with him. I encourage you in our service later, we will have that time of prayer stations and communion. And what a beautiful time today to sit in that quiet and to ask him just that. Ask him to come and speak to your heart today. Spend that sweet time with him. And I think once we get to that place where we truly allow his love to meet us, that we begin to build that foundation of courage to truly be vulnerable. Stepping out without his love sounds really scary. But when we know that we have that attachment, we have that security in him, we can take those steps. We can step out onto the waters, trusting that he is there. We can begin to to release and surrender that defensive armor. It's much easier to surrender when we know we are in, in that connection with our Father. So sometimes, though, those steps take great boldness because in the back of your mind, I guess Tina, Tina Turner was correct that our hearts do get broken. She was right about that part of it. But we have to realize that we know the one who is the healer of that brokenness. And so ask yourself today, Am I willing to step out? And what within me may need that healing? Where have I been wounded that makes it difficult to truly surrender, to truly release that defensive armor? Even in the most loving relationships, you get hurt, don't you? That people may speak something out of anger. You may feel rejected. You may feel abandoned. You may begin to believe messages and beliefs about yourself that you're not lovable, that you're not worthy. And, and as those things begin to take over inside of you, you begin to build up those walls once again. And those fears come in saying, I am not going to love anybody. I'll smile and I'll, I'll try to serve God but I don't really want anyone to be too close to me. And I think that's, that's that place then you have to ask yourself, are you willing to let God meet you in those places of brokenness? Are you willing to invite an accountability partner or someone from a Bible study to walk with you, to pray with you? Do you feel like, ma'am, really, I, I really need to, to go meet with a listener. I need to meet with a counselor to really have someone come alongside and walk through some of that woundedness with me. Or maybe it's, I need to attend Freeing the Family Workshop this Saturday. That's my shameless plug. Um, But, you know, all joking aside, that workshop really is a place 
where you can begin to really look at that family of origin and to say, God, where do I need to unlock some of those places of hurt that I've never been able to really let you in, God, nor am I able to love others because of that woundedness. So I just encourage you to really ask those questions of yourself of what, what's prohibiting me from truly loving. And so as you begin to ask yourself those questions and begin to really listen to God, then you can begin to truly open up yourself. Psychologist John Townsend describes love is seeking and doing what is best for another. And most of us go, yeah, sure, okay, that seems right. But the reality is, is that a lot of times we don't really love like that because we determine what we think is best for another. So we try to control and manipulate others to do what it is that we think is best. All framed in, well, that's what God wants. But the reality is, are we willing to put our armor down, to put our agendas down and say, God, what is it that you want me to do as coming alongside this person and loving them right where they're at, rather than trying to manipulate them to do what it is that I want them to do? Or is it fear that stirs up the walls around our hearts And the good news is, is that, again, we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit, who empowers us at the very core of our being to love. Because we know in that perfect love, fear is casted out. And so being able to stand in that place of truly surrendering and allowing the Holy Spirit that dwells within every believer to truly work in a way in which is supernatural for us to love, to allow us to put down that defensive armor. So my hope is, is that the beauty of his love will be evident at our church. Not because we do nice things, not because we open up our doors and tell people, come on in, you're welcomed here. Not because we are generous and we are a generous church, but because we do it all out of that place of love. I pray people across the city and across the country will want to know Jesus because we are loving them the way Jesus does. Not because we're nice. Not because we're generous, but because we can truly love in the way in which Christ loves us. And that's hard out there in this world when we're constantly being beaten up. I recently was at a counseling training, and my heart broke. I was sitting there. Fortunately, I was with with a colleague who who is a, a follower of Jesus, But there were many negative comments about Christians throughout this three-day training that I was at. And my heart just kept breaking. And first I found myself, my my defenses kind of were rising up a little bit. I'm like, ha, how dare they be talking like Christians like that? And then God spoke to my heart. And he said, hmm, I wonder where they've been wounded. 
I wonder where even a Christian may have wounded them. I wonder where they really weren't shown that love of Christ. And so it's those places where I think we can come alongside people when we ask the question of where might they be wounded and God, where are you calling us to love them? How do we come alongside those and to understand who they are and their experiences before we allow that defensiveness to rise up inside of us? So I ask myself and I ask you today, what's holding you back from taking a step towards surrendering and being vulnerable? So as we go into this time of prayer, just continually ask God, what is it, Lord, that you want me to hear today? Where do I take those steps to be more vulnerable, trusting that you are with me? Let's pray. Father, we come to you, and we do give you thanks, we give you praise, that it is in your perfect love that you meet us, that you make all things complete because of your love for us. And so, Lord, help us to be able to walk in that, that safety of your love. And, Father, it's in that love today that we lift those that are struggling physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally to you. That, God, we know that when Jesus walked the earth, that it was out of that compassion, out of that love that he brought healing. And so, Lord, we lift those in our congregation to you today that are fighting off various illnesses, recovering from surgery. Lord, we particularly lift Donna Pessinger. We lift Caroline Broman, Patsy Robinson, Bob Heller, and Kathleen Hughes, Marian Eberhardt, and Bob Turner, and Grace Fisher, and Mary Hoffman. And Lord, the list goes on. We know there are many that just need that touch from you. And Father, we ask that you will meet them in exactly that place where they need your healing touch. And, Lord, we now ask that you would continue to uh, walk with us. Father, help us to be mindful throughout this time of communion, this time of prayer, of your love. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.